Welcome to Thrive with Confidence. This podcast provides insight into the Aquios Alliance, a buying group that connects private practices with trusted vendors and expert support. We will feature discussion with our vendor partners and optometrist members while we explore topics that will empower your independence. Hello, one and all. Welcome to another episode of Thrive with Confidence. Today, we have Teresa, myself, Rick, and Scott here to talk to you about hot topics that have been going on. Hey, guys, where do the offices have an opportunity to make their first impressions? I'm going to say the phone for 500, Rick. Teresa, do you have a better answer? The first uh, impression is absolutely made uh, either when they call to the office or step foot in the office. I'm going to go with Scott wins because it is the telephone up front. Since you threw in that it was uh, possibly when they come in the office that and see them face to face, it's a telephone. That is the lifeline of the office, don't we think? Couldn't agree more. So Scott, when you call a place of business, what are some of the things you know you, you listen for that makes you decide whether or not you want to be uh, a part of that business and do business with them? I, I love a warm, friendly greeting that includes their name. That's a big one for me. Tell, tell me who you are. There's nothing worse than when I call a business and, and they say, thank you for calling ABC. How can I help you? That's it. it, it to, to me, it's just, it's cold. It's not friendly. It's not in welcoming or inviting at all. So do you feel like you can hear a smile on, on the other end of the phone when you call? A hundred percent you can. Yeah, you can you can hear it and you can hear it in the tone of voice. You can hear it in, in the speed with which they talk. You can hear w- whether or not they are, quote unquote, too busy to talk to you. And then the other pieces, we've done some, you know, secret shops here and there with offices. And, and it's something we, we do, you know, whenever people request of it. And we, we want to do that so we can help their staff members to be better. What are some things that you think are important about the key points that they should cover when they're answering the phone and making that first impression with the patients calling in? I know when I call an an office, uh, I look for their name. So a greeting, where am I calling? Right. And how can they help me? Right. I, I like, so, you know, thank you for calling Dr. Jones's office. This is Teresa speaking. May I schedule an eye exam for you or a family member today? Teresa brings up a great point that it was a human being that answered. I, that, that's what wasn't an actual person, or is it an automated system that I have to either leave a message or press 17 buttons in order to get to that person? I mentioned earlier, are they too busy for you? I, I think that there are times when, and, and our industry especially, is, is extremely busy. It's very fast paced. We have a lot of things going on. Whether there's a patient right in front of you at, at the front desk or not, we get it, right? The front desk has a lot on, on their shoulders, but you should never sound like you're too busy for that phone call. That phone call is the most important thing that you have going on when it happens. And I'm going to build on that for just a moment, Scott, because there, there are times where the front desk is the, the face of the practice. They're sitting there, they're answering the phones, they have the responsibility of greeting patients, uh, guests as they come into the practice. You know, who, who is the most important patient? Is it the person that's in front of you as you're greeting them? Is it the person calling on the phone? They're, they're both equally important, right? So I think there's, we need to answer the phone. We need to answer the phone in a timely manner within three rings. But then do we neglect that person that's standing in front of us? No, we don't. I think that we get to the root of the call, get the information from the person, um, you know, across the line from us and say, you know, thank you so much for calling. I will gather the, the response to your question and I will call you back within 
30 minutes, within 60 minutes. And that way the patient knows um, that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna get a call back. The most important piece to that is if you tell a patient, you tell the person on the other end of the line that you are going to call them back within such amount of time, call them back within such amount of time. I can't tell you what, a, what an impression that leaves these days when somebody actually gets a phone call back. It goes such a long way. I agree. I mean, there have been times here we've had some, we've looked to have some things done at our house and just getting contractors to call us back to schedule bids and so on. It's like, okay, I mean, all they have to do is be polite and follow through on things. And that nine times out of 10, I'll, I'll choose those people that are more efficient going through everything and getting back to us in a timely manner. I think one of the key things with you know, answering your phones is also not, not only the, that smile that Scott was talking about at the beginning of the phone call, and being able to recognize if you need to look into something, get like Teresa said, and you have to get back to somebody on something, following through and making sure you do it. But most importantly, you know, make make sure when those phones are ringing that we assume everybody that's calling is ca calling to make an appointment and building you know that smile, that first impression, greeting them with the energy that you want them to have is key to making them go, okay, this place is worth me coming to. I think it's important people build value in the exam. And most, most people, when they call an optometric practice, one of the first questions they ask is, how much is your eye exam? I'm a firm believer. And the only reason they ask that question is because they don't know what your process is. What, where do I start? So an easy one is, how much is my eye exam? So you know, going into building value about what, what instruments your doctor has in the exam room and how long your doctor has been practicing and really get, get excited and say, we have, the, we have the best doctor in our community and, and here's what he or she does for, for the patients that come to see us. We have a retinal imaging system. We're gonna take images uh, of your eye that are gonna show, show you what the doctors look at to see the overall health of the eye, along with all, these, uh, all the other tests, key things. If you offer dry eye, specialty contact lenses, get excited about all the services that you, your practice provides and delivers your patients. But after you answer that question, you know, too, too many people will also ask the question, do you want to make an appointment? Of course they want to make an appointment. That's why they called you. So I think it's important that when you answer those questions that you follow it right up with, for example, our exam includes all these benefits that I went through and this is the price of the exam and the doctor is available Tuesday or Thursday of next week. Which, which day is best for you? Give them options. Be in control of that call and offer days. If they say those days don't work for me, then say, okay, is Monday or Wednesday better for you? Wednesday. Is Wednesday in the morning or afternoon best for you? Now I'm in control of that call and I'm directing the patient to book where we want them to book. And that should be to fill those slower times of the day versus the busiest time. Busiest times, I always say 8 a.m. nine to nine o'clock in the morning, three o'clock on in the afternoon. That's like the Monopoly board. That's the Boardwalk Park Place, North Carolina Avenue, Pacific Avenue, Pennsylvania Avenue. And if you get the back row on on uh, Monopoly board, and then you get the yellows, Marvin Gardens, and so on, you win Monopoly, hands down. Those are those are the prime properties. That's your appointment book is the late afternoon, early morning appointments. So direct those phone calls to the slower times of the day so that you can fill the others with the new patients when they call in 24 hours but be in control of that call, offer days, then offer periods of time in the day, and then narrow it down to the day. Because, hey, Scott, Teresa, have you ever been on a call and you said, so what time's best for you? Where can that lead you to? I've got to look on my phone, Rick. I got to, I got to look at my calendar. I've, I've got to look, and, and when I'm, I'm, I'm already there, um, it leads me to, uh, to, to look other places. Right. It, it puts me in a great position to, to see what else is available in other practices. Exactly. It, they could look somewhere else to go altogether or 
you, or you hear that busy mom saying, you know, the other day I was in an office and I heard somebody say that and immediately they kind of went, oh, I asked that question. And here's, and they, they had to hear the entire week's schedule of mom having to take her daughter to dance class, her son to baseball practice. Then she had something going on herself Wednesday night, Thursday. She goes, honestly, this week's just no good. What does the next week look like? But she had to hear that person talk through their whole schedule the whole week. And that, that's time. And that, that's time that you don't have in your office. You want to be able to make that phone call as efficiently and quickly as possible. Get that appointment book made so that you can you can be ready for the next incoming phone call and be able to uh, get, get another appointment on the books. So I think it's, you know, it's very important to stay in control of that piece. And the other piece that I like is, is when you're closing out, you know, you know, that phone call after you've collected all that third party information, you turn some words. Most people say, okay, I have you down for an appointment at 11 a.m. with Dr. Teresa on Tuesday, May 10th, whatever date that is. So now, you know, instead, instead of saying, I have you down for an appointment with Teresa, Dr. Teresa at 10 a.m., why not turn that around now and say, okay, Scott, you have an appointment with Dr. Teresa. Or instead of saying that, you say, Dr. Teresa has an appointment with you. Okay, when you confirm, that's the same thing. Hi, I'm calling from ABC Optical, and I'm calling to remind you of your appointment, or that Dr. Therese has an appointment with you at 10 a.m. tomorrow. She expects you here 15 minutes early. Oh, okay. I, what, what do you mean Dr. Teresa has an appointment with me? Your optometry appointment. You're, you're coming for your, your exam? Oh, right. Simple turn of words. Instead of the patient having the appointment with the doctor, the doctor has the appointment with the patient. Adds a little bit of value to it, don't you think? The value and the accountability on the patient side. And I think that that value. So, you know, we, we talked about that, that warm greeting. And, and, and part of that is, is not only giving your name, but gathering the patient's name. Utilize that name throughout throughout the call. Everything that Rick just talked about. Anytime that I'm, I'm going to the exam itself and, and the process and I'm talking about the exam lots, I'm going to use Teresa's name. I'm going to use Rick's name. That's something that is going to connect the patient with you and your office. It builds that relationship right from the start. I, I guarantee there's not a lot of people out there that are doing that. Obviously, that's why we're, we're doing this, this podcast is, is teach you. But when you do that, it's a lot harder to walk away from, from a friend, right? If, if Teresa's built that for me and she, she's explained this, okay, well, oh, I've got to look at this. I've got to look at that. It's, it's harder for me to say no to Teresa. I'm, I, I, want to, I want to book that appointment with her. I want to come in and see her. And then when I do and I see Teresa's warm, shining face as the first person that I talk to, I know her. Oh, wow. Yes, th this was great. And when, we're, when, we, when we talk about building the value, you have to know what you're building value in. So be educated. Make sure that you as the, the front desk staff or your front desk staff knows that they know what the procedures are, that they know what the instruments are that, that you use. If you've got specialty instruments and testing, that they know what that is. This is not something that, that we're going to go deep into the woods on. We're not going to take four hours to explain everything. But be able to give a high-level, valuable overview of, of what your practice offers. So somebody calls, right? And do, do, do you share how they can find more information about us? Or do we just say, uh, hey, Teresa, great. Um, we got, got your appointment scheduled. We'll, we'll, we'll see you Tuesday. I think that directing our patients to our website and allowing them to gain a little bit more information on the details of the services that we offer, have them, you know, if we have our frames listed on our website, have them, you know, give them the ability to start 
pre-shopping and selecting the type of frames that they love. And again, that gives us as you know, front desk staff, the ability to, to build that connection with them, have them drawn into our practice and um, you know, have that intention on having the exam and purchasing their eyewear from the same, from the same location. Hundred percent, and and you know I think the other great thing about that is it builds our web traffic. You know we get more people coming and and looking at at our website. The more people that visit that 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 is great for for other people being able to find you because now you're you're bumping yourself up on on the www list. So I think that's a, it's it's a very smart thing. Teresa, what would you say um, in in your opinion would be the one of the biggest misses from from the front desk when when we're setting appointments? I think that a great opportunity while we're scheduling the appointment is to ask for family members. You know, I think all the, <laughs> I think that um, you know we're, we have in mind you know what that person that's calling has the need for, but your your husband. I mean, if it's the husband calling, your wife, your children. Does your mother-in-law need an eye exam? Was somebody else that you know of you know looking for a great place to get an exam and glasses? Who else in your in your circle needs an eye exam? And if it's not anybody at that particular time, it'll plant the seed. And the next time somebody says, "Hey, you know, where where can I? Where, where do you go for your eye exam? Where where do you go for your eyeglasses? Oh, well, I know that Dr. Smith. You know, they're looking to to grow their business, looking to add more patients. I'm going to recommend them. I think always just asking for that additional friend or family member exam is uh, is very valuable. You were spot on, and that that's that's ex- exactly what I was was hoping you'd say. But let's but let's be honest, Teresa. No husband is out there calling to make appointments. <laughs> Okay, now I need to schedule the all the appointments that I have, I got to order, you know, these additional items that I have. That's my peace and quiet time. And yes, I'm, I'm scheduling those appointments at 11 o'clock at night when everybody else is asleep. 100%. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not going to an appointment if my wife didn't schedule it. it's not happening. <laughs> so, so out of curiosity, Teresa, you schedule things at 11 o'clock. How many offices out there are available at 11 o'clock to be able to do online scheduling? Is that something people should consider adding to their repertoire, the, the convenience factor for an office? What do you think? I think for for the hundreds of thousands of moms out there that are in my position, it is extremely valuable to have an additional option to schedule an exam. There isn't anything that can take the place of a live person on the phone when you're speaking with them. Obviously, you're gaining a lot more information that way, and, and the the front desk employee has the ability to to build that value. But yes, I mean, sometimes we are just, uh, we don't have that time flexibility to be able to make those appointments in the middle of the day. So for the moms like us that that, that have those time constraints, 11 o'clock uh, is that time. And when you have, when you give me the ability to schedule online, and uh, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I'm sure the, the, the additional, you know, hundreds of thousands of moms out there do as well. Do you guys ever ask for quotes? Do you have a, so I want to know about, about glasses, right? We talked a lot about the exam portion of things. Um, what about the, the actual eyewear or contacts? Do, do, you guys, do you guys ask for that when you, when you uh, make phone calls? I do on some things, but I usually ask, you know, I don't really ask for a specific price. It's more so what, what should I expect to bring? What's the expectation on the cost? Somebody that's answering the phone should, should know this, right? Oh, sure. And, and I think 
And I think that this goes back to do do is is the expectation for for me to list out every single uh, lens and the options and every single frame? No, not at all. We definitely don't want that. We want to give them something that is going to starting point. So we have frames that start at this point. Um, your 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 lenses are going to are, are going to be dependent on on what the, the doctor prescribes. So we we set up that expectation, but we also have a great team in our optical that are going to take care of you yeah. and walk you through all of that. In an optometric practice, there there's so many variables. Uh, let's face it, the doctors work with microscopes in the exam room, from the BIO to the slit lamp to this lens and that lens. You, you just don't know what's going to happen, what they're going to find in that exam room that's going to lead to, you know, what their prescription is to start with, you know, what type of product they're going to need. Uh, whether it's a thinner, lighter weight product, whether, you know, anti-reflective coating, polarized sunglasses, so on and so forth, until you really get a time to consult with that that patient, it's pretty tough to narrow it down. And that's where I think people just giving a range of prices is is probably the best way to do it. You know, I, I, I was asked the other day by one, one client, they were thinking about starting with a new person has no experience on the phones. And I, w- I, I was like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that. I prefer people start out as a technician first, especially if they have no experience. What are your thoughts on on where to start somebody and why? I think that starting somebody uh, in in the field that has never had any experience as a technician is a is a great idea. You have the ability to learn so much of the the technology and the uh, vocabulary that's that's used and how that applies to patients, right? When we schedule yep. an exam and patients ask questions regarding bits and pieces of their exam or what they can anticipate, the technician is kind of I don't want to say the middleman, but kind of the middleman. You know, they're, they 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 okay. have the opportunity to get a handoff from front desk to technician. The technician does a handoff from uh, to the doctor. And, um, and it's very operational. There's a, there's a, a pretty consistent process that a technician can follow. And it's very, so somebody who has the capacity to learn uh, new, new processes, it's an easy thing to teach, right? You have to follow these steps and, uh, and, you know, build a relationship with a, with a patient in, in the process. And once you can do that, you have the ability to apply that knowledge at the front desk or as an optician. So I, I, I agree with you. I think starting off as a technician is uh, is a great place to, to start somebody who doesn't have any experience. And I, I think you said it absolutely perfectly saying they're a middleman because they, they do take that patient in, start the exam, not the testing. They start the exam. And they have the opportunity when they're neutralizing those glasses to look at them and go, well, hold on, this is a minus 850. These look really thin. Hopefully that technician will ask people, how do they make that minus 850 so thin? Because I saw a minus three that was really thick the other day. What? Tell me about this. Now it opens conversation, learning about Trivex, high index, polycarb versus CR39 lenses, or these lenses were really heavy. These glasses are really heavy. Yeah, it was a 70-year-old farmer that was in here with his polarized sunglasses that he's had all of his life, that plus fives with slab-off bifocals, the whole nine yards. But they, they see all the different lens styles. It gets them comfortable, like you said, gets them to know the language, the terminology in a controlled environment. And also, I think it's a great place to start people there. So they learn, like we said, to learn the technology, build confidence, 
in, a, in that controlled environment that is a repetitious, it can be a repetitious position, but that's how you learn is through repetition. Now you can move them to the front desk because they've learned different tools, different materials that we present and talk to our patients uh, on a regular basis. You know, starting a person at the front desk with no, no experience at all is tough. And I think you're putting them into a position where they're, they're going to be putting people on hold an awful lot. And nobody wants to be put on hold. And, and many people don't want to wait for phone calls back and hope to get those phone calls because, I, as, as we said, some people don't call back and you, you've lost a patient and they're going to tell other people about it. So lo- love the conversation happening here. Rick, you brought up a, a, a really cool point about the, the text neutralizing the, the glasses. How, how do I know as a patient what to bring with me to an appointment? You know, the, again, the front desk, I think it's important, you know, that you are asking that when you, you schedule that appointment, you're informing the patient that they need to bring in, you know, their everyday pair of glasses, their prescription sunglasses, their prescription hobby glasses, their computer glasses, and any other prescription pair of glasses they own so that they understand that there are different lenses available for different lifestyle needs. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I know you guys say it all the time as well. Multiple pairs start at the front desk. Instead of making people wait to get to the optician and have the optician be the first one to talk about prescription sunglasses, computer glasses, and so on, that needs to be talked about on the phone just a little bit because everybody has that walking encyclopedia in their pocket. They can go to Google, they can put in computer eyeglasses and find out, oh my gosh, this fits my lifestyle. Now they come in prepared to buy, to, to order multiple pairs of glasses and budget for that as opposed to being pun intended blindsided uh, <laughs> by an, an additional pair of glasses or lifestyle pair of glasses to improve the quality of their life. It is funny. You at you ask anybody in, in, in a practice who who's who starts the conversation about multiples? Who's who's in charge of, of multiples? It's always optical, right? Because that's the people that are quote unquote selling the the, the multiple pairs. But it's not. It, it, as you said, it, it starts with the front desk. And the front desk truly is the first line of defense for everything that we do. They set up, not only set up the appointment and, and what that's going to look and sound like for our patients, but in most times they, they end it as well. So they're, they're going to be the person that's going to, to end that appointment saying goodbye, uh, you know, t- telling somebody to have, have a wonderful day. So they're going to be the, fir- the first person that the, the patient talks to on the phone and, and that they see when they come into the practice, but also the last person that they see when, when they leave. You know, and, and the important follow-up to that as well, Scott, is if we're going to ask for it on the phone, we need to make sure that the techs are asking the patient when they call them back to start their exam. So, Mrs. Smith, did you bring your, I see you're wearing your current pair of glasses, or is that your most recent pair of glasses? Yes. Do you have your prescription sunglasses? Do you have your computer glasses? Do you have this? And, and so that the patient's like, why do you guys keep asking me about this? What do you mean? Now it's, they're asking questions. Now you're not uploading, you're downloading to somebody. When somebody asks a question, they are open to information and education. I've even seen some offices that have, have uh, trays that they have the patients when they check in for their appointment and they have separate slots. They have up to six or seven, maybe even eight slots that'll say, you know, these are different types of glasses here, put them in this tray for us so I can take those to our technician to get those, start to get those neutralized. And the patient will go, well, I only have one. There's eight different, you know, types of glasses I could potentially have. Again, if we're gonna ask for it, we need, on the phone, we need to inspect what we, what we ask of the patient to come in. Otherwise, it's gonna fall on deaf ears. 
and they don't need an optometrist. They need an audiologist. Oh, come on. That's kind of funny. That'll be our bit. next episode. <laughs> <laughs> the lead in to, to audiology. <laughs> when you're looking at, at the people that are going to be at your front desk, look for these skills. Look, look for somebody that, that's warm, that's friendly that's consistent with, with their, with their attitude and, and how they, how they speak to somebody. A good speaking voice doesn't always just in, include, can I string a sentence together? It's the tone of voice that they have. Do they care about the patients in the way that they're speaking to them? Have, make sure that they, that they understand that the time that they spend with the patient on the phone doesn't need to be an hour to make an impact, but they need to take the time to make the time for each and every phone call that they have. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you all for participating and listening into another episode of Thrive with Confidence. We look forward to bringing another one to you uh, in the coming week and so on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.